0: Hello everyone, welcome to another episode of Megan Talk Star Wars. I am the I am your host. I am here. I am joined by Spencer. Spencer. Say hey the people. Hey everybody. Spencer, chapter four. We did not like chapter three all that much. A bit of a downer. It was. the slope went down last week. We have not spoken a single word about this episode. Where are you at? Higher, what? lower? What'd you think?
1: Well, definitely higher. I thought it was a solid episode. I mean, I don't, I don't think it reached necessarily stellar heights, but I think it was both solid and also very important for the back half of the season. It is setting the tenor, it is setting the plot, and it is pointing the direction for where it appears the rest of the show is going to go. And so it was a very necessary episode for the season.
0: I thought it was a lot better. I really did. I thought it was more coherent. Um, I thought there was less like sort of eye roll stuff. Although Finnick had a couple lines that weren't great. We'll get there. Mm -hmm. Um, But I do think it, and and I love that now they've connected. Okay. All of the flashback is over. We're now in one timeline. I was worried they were going to do the flashback the whole season. And that was not for me.
1: Three episodes. Essentially three and a half episodes of that was enough. It, yeah. I, it makes me wonder whether they could have done that differently, given how much that jumping back and forth was starting to try on me. So I'm glad that it appears that we are very much grounded in the present going forward.
0: Oh, we're in the present. And we might be in two shows. Ah, we might be in two shows. I'm so excited.
1: It's very possible.
0: Oh, yeah. All right. So we're going to get to all that more in our segments here on Mangum Talk Star Wars. Our segments are as follows. I, Lee, lead the recap. I will go beat by beat through the episode. From that, we will select the best line of the episode, the best line of dialogue. I feel like we're getting better and better dialogue as we're we certainly, go through the season
1: We're certainly getting more This is I, fair to say the most dialogue heavy episode we've had yet on this show
0: It's certainly the most notes I've done And it's usually an indication of, of the script So yeah, I mean, I, I think I think so uh, And then we will go to nostalgic moment of the episode
1: I've got a doozy of a nostalgic moment of the episode for you this week I think I got a little bit of a swirl I, for you I, I, had, I had a few I also have a rare anti-nostalgia moment of the episode I'm going to do as well Oh, and then we will descend into the gladiatorial pit with our king and emperor robes on, and we will give
0: the thumb up, thumbs down, thumbs sideways, meaning is this better, worse, or about on par with a standard Mandalorian episode. Last week, it was two thumbs down for us. The first time it had been that this season. (laughs) We'll see what we give this week. Spencer, anything you want to cover before we jump in the recap? I'm ready for you, man. Okay, before we jump into the recap, a little bit of housekeeping. This is a Mangum Talks podcast. If you're enjoying this podcast, if you follow us week by week and you're having a good time reviewing Mangum, or reviewing Boba Fett with us, uh, you can go to MangumTalks.com or go to your favorite podcast platform, type in Mangum Talks, and voila, all of our stuff will appear. That's right, metadata. I tagged it. All of our stuff <laughs> will appear. And we do a lot of, like, movie and TV show reviews. Spencer and I have done a lot of stuff in the past. If you like, I don't know, Game of Thrones, The Nevers. Um, we've done Succession. We've done a lot of really fun television so you can just go to your favorite podcast platform type in mangum talks and you can find it and if you're enjoying this podcast please subscribe rate and review the rate and review is really important for this podcast because very difficult to move up the search rankings for star wars podcast there is approximately 4721 star wars podcast out there so (laughs) approximately.
1: approximately. i
0: appreciate that you've joined us i appreciate that you picked us among all of those but it would also help if you would rate us if you're enjoying it so thank you for that That's enough of the housekeeping. Let's jump in the recap. This is chapter four of Book of Boba Fett, The Gathering Storm. So we start with a recap like a previously on. That's a lot of focus on the speeder bike gang, the Pike Syndicate, and Black Chrysanthemum. Now, I famously, last episode, declared the Black Chrysanthemum storyline over. We're done with Black Chrysanthemum. Wasn't that so much fun? Yet again, on this podcast, I am wrong. (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I, I was right there with you. I thought it was very much going to be, okay, let's bring in a famous cameo. This is a sideshow. We want to bolster its numbers. Let's bring in somebody famous that people know from the outside media. I thought that was just going to be kind of like a one-off or two-off appearance. But no, apparently he's going to play a bit of a role in the gathering storm that follows. Oh, I like how you did that. Yeah, no, it, as soon as I saw him on the previous one, I thought, okay, we're getting
0: more Black Kersantan. So we jump into the episode. We start with Boba in the back to tank. Okay, we got an answer on the back to tank thing.
1: Uh, yeah, he
0: would. He was just trying to fix his skin. It looks like. I think that's what this was.
1: That was disappointing, man. That was dis. I w- we had, we had developed so many other theories for what that is or where that was gonna go. It's like no, it, this was for the purpose of skin care. He was exfoliating for a few weeks.
0: I was really hoping that we had a doped up, drug addicted Boba Fett who was going to rule Jabba's what? kingdom. Um, <laughs> while addicted to Bacta, but it looks like we didn't
1: get that. Or at least that like a decaying Boba Fett, Boba Fett who's these years are catching up with him. that could be fun with the age of the actors that they're doing with so many people they're casting in the show. But it's like, nah, he got a little acid burns. Now he's fine. It's like, oh, come on.
0: Yeah, yeah. Neutrogena. That's all he's doing. Just fixing his skin. <laughs> <laughs> we get, uh, so we jump to more flashback memories for Boba. This one starts with him on a bantha, presumably after seeing the Tuskens killed and their camp destroyed. So he's leaving the camp going god knows where as bobar's riding he sees the bones of another ban- bantha really showing us that he's walking a long ways i think that's really the purpose here is to show that he's it. in the dune seas in the waste the desert waste he gets to a lookout point that can see jabba's palace he sees folks uh from the speeder bike gang there
1: mm-hmm. spencer
0: what's that species again for the speeder bike gang
1: uh clatoonians i think it was or Nictas.
0: yeah that's right yeah um coming and going so my question for you here is, what exactly was Boba hoping to
1: accomplish here? Was this more recon, or did he really think he was going to make a run at these guys here? It seems like he was. his ultimate goal was to make a run on them, but he's doing it smart. He's doing recon, he's, try, he's trying to measure out when his opportunity would be, and he's patient enough to be willing to wait for that opportunity to appear.
0: Yeah. He walks back over, says to the Bantha, Not today, old girl. There are far too many gods. Let's get you something to eat. Cut to the night. Stop. Um, Stop.
1: Gotta say... Kudos on the accent. You've got it down perfectly for the accent. Thank you.
0: I've been, really been working on that <laughs> Morrison. <laughs> I am Boba Fett. Uh, then we see a flash in the sky. That's the first little teeny hint we got of the Mandalorian music. We get more later, but that's the first little hint we got. Why? Because they are connecting the two shows. I was so hyped that they did this. We see Boba show up to where he walks over to where Finnick has just been shot in the stomach. This is from Chapter 5 of Mandalorian, The Gunslinger.
1: And I, ahead, I love how it introduced us to that moment of where it does it both audio, but, but that little leap motif that they love to do for the ma- for Mandalorian, which we immediately yep. just immediately registers. But also, I love the reappearance of those flares that they were firing off when they were doing that speeder bike run at Phoenix. We saw those yeah. in the distance in a beautifully filmed shot, and. I- I was like, Flair's like, oh, is there a battle going on in the distance? And then that little leap motif would happen to, oh, I know this. This is actually yep. kind of vaguely nostalgic because of that show.
0: This is after Phoenix, get, Phoenix, get, get, Phoenix gets shot in the G- stomach by that dumbass um, yeah. in yeah. chapter five, The Gunslinger and Boba puts her on the back of his banta and he takes her to a village that has some of these cyberpunk looking folks we Boba during conversation with Finnick later we realized that this is on the outskirts of Mos Eisley right so he's he's traveling a long
1: ways this is a this is apparently called a mod clinic which is a fresh page on Wikipedia this is new to the Star Wars universe and all of this about voluntary cybernetics is new this is something of where any cybernetics at all even ones that were done for medical necessity were kind of stigmatized and looked down on in the Star Wars universe as part of even just looking like general discrimination against droids so to see them going full-on cyberpunk in the universe is jarring to me i'm trying to catch up because this is just so new to the star wars universe you did
0: a little bit of like a frustrated exhale there do you not like this this thing
1: i don't really i mean it's it's a mixing of two very in my mind kind of separate science fiction or science fantasy mediums together in a way that i don't think perfectly works or at least is just so new to it i'm gonna have to see where it goes I also just have personal kind of queasiness about body modification, and so the cyberpunk cyber universes have always made me feel uncomfortable, so seeing it just brought into this universe in almost like the style of a tattoo parlor, it's just it still strikes me as funny and uncomfortable.
0: So you don't want to do the big ear, leak, uh, the big ear loops things. You know what I'm talking about, where they stretch. I don't the, want to do gauges.
1: Lobes. No, I'm perfectly fine without you, doing that. That's not you. Thing. That's not a look for Spencer. Uh, not that. Not the giant stone in the lower lip. None of that stuff. I'm good with that. Appreciate it.
0: But when he takes his shirt off, folks, it, tattoos all over. He's just oh, completely course. covered. Yeah, you I just I, would I, never see him in a professional I'm a millennial. What do you expect? Uh, but I actually like this, and I, I talked about this a little bit last episode. I just think it tracks, like in universe, like it just makes sense to me that if you have the ability to have the the cyber, the kinetic hand, the the robotic hand, some of the modifications that we saw on Luke and then later on Darth Vader, that some folks would choose to do those voluntarily because I'm sure that you could make it an upgrade on your biological part. You could have an arm that is more functional than a normal arm. Like, so it would make, it, it kind of tracks to me that some people in this universe would play around with this stuff.
1: It, it, it also
0: it, tracks to me that he would not find like a legit doctor to deal with. It. <laughs> like it tracks that he has to find yeah. some back alley fucking thing to fix Finnick he, he, because that's Boba. Like that, he's not going to walk right into Mos Eisley and try to get this lady well, fixed. He essentially, wants,
1: he essentially wandered into a tattoo parlor and went, hey, fix her. It's like, okay, you got money? Yeah, okay. We, we, we'll, we'll give it our best try. Which is exactly what happens next in the recap. I mean, Boba, the
0: first thing, it has this look of, like, standing in line, which made me laugh because he's got this, like, dying, dying person. Right, and he's standing right in the, Finally, he puts her down and he throws some credits at the guy and he goes, hey, look, she's dying. Can you just fix her? The guy says, yes, I can. This is where we show our age, Spencer. Because mm-hmm. the guy who is fixing her with the with the dreadlocks, the, the yellow dreadlocks apparently is some sort of famous like YouTube rapper somebody I don't know who the guy is at all you don't either
1: no concept no
0: we acknowledge it and we move on um so Boba, like I say drops a bunch of credits he the it looks like the guy fixes her but man it is strange what he does to her. i was trying to parse this with my wife we were just doing a rewatch of it it seems to me like what he does is takes out her entire digestive system and puts in like some sort of mechanized digestive system that's yeah, what it looks like to me
1: it's one of those things that where this this form of treatment seems very much governed by who you went to to do it like if he had gone to a doctor they probably would have treated the injury and healed the wound but he didn't Maybe go to a doctor care. Maybe some, maybe maybe some back, back to there's a, a variety of medical knowledge in the Star Wars universe that could be applied to a gut shot to prevent this woman from dying. Apparently dying slow. But no, he brought him to a the unidentified cyborg modifier, is the official Wikipedia entry on this guy. Uh, and so what he knows how to do is replace organs with tech. So he's like, oh, her guts have been shot, let's fix them with tech. And so okay. he just basically restructures her entire gastrointestinal tract with cybernetics so here's the question for you
0: you get shot in the stomach i take you on the back of a bantha you wake up you've got a completely hollowed out like robotic inside are you mad at me or are you happy that i'm i kind of mad i'm kind of mad i figured
1: you would be by the tone of how you're describing this i figured you wouldn't like this not (laughs) not particularly happy with this this was not on my little nda this was this, this there was some very clear medical instructions that were on my body that did not include replace entire organ organic system with tech
0: so there you go. If you ever have the choice with Spencer of uh, DNR or <laughs> put put a bunch There's of stuff. Like, There's a doctor in town. Stuff, it's a no big mechas. town. <laughs> Cut to um, Finnick waking up and she's next to Boba at a fire he's made. Boba gives her one of those little egg things with milk, tells her to drink. She asks, what happened. You were dying of a gunshot. I saved your life. I love that he goes in hot. I yeah. saved your life. Yeah. You owe me. Like he starts right out with that. She looks at her stomach and is a bit freaked out. She asks, what did you do to me? He says he brought her to a mod parlor on the outskirts of Mos Eisley, said it's the best he could do under the circumstances. I'm
1: with you. Look, eh, I, I can tell you don't eh, like this. I'm with Boba here. I mean, look, she's alive. Okay. It, it's prop. it was probably the cheapest option available. Guy had, li- guy maybe probably had limited funds. This was the first, this was the easiest place to go and they're not an official doctor. So they're just charging whatever they charge. So maybe, sure. I think that's the
0: best he could do. I honestly do. He, there's no way he had many credits because think about the credits that he would have, are only the credits that he would take with him for the trip to go pick up more credits. Right, or
1: from, looted, or looted off the corpses of his you know former adopted people, we which you would think that they,
0: they were already looted, right? You wouldn't you wouldn't think that what? the speeder bike gang would leave the money there. So like it would seem to me that he probably just had traveling money that he went to wherever that was to to pick up money from the Pike Syndicate.
1: Also, on that point, I would agree. The Tuskens of all the people we met in the Star Wars universe are probably the least likely, in my mind, to have much in the way of cash. There seem to be mm. like people that value certain assets that are necessary to survival rather than just having money on hand.
0: We've never seen them in, engage in any sort of commerce with coin, with it's currency. Always been it's barter. always through a barter. Exactly. Um, so, uh, Finnick is just blown back a little. Doesn't really know what to do. Boba tells her that the black melon takes some getting used to, but in time you'll start to crave it. Oh boy
1: uh <laughs> thank you i appreciate your liquid cocaine i'll, I'll drink L- little, this now it seems like durian to me it seems like durian. oh like god to
0: hate it to start with but man the people who like durian really like durian
1: people who like durian do not shut the sh- hell up about that thing i cannot stand that fruit even it's just one the of those odor. badge
0: of honor things i take a quick story i i went to i visited ethiopia one time and they wanted me to eat a dish called kitfu which is raw meat. It's just mm-hmm. raw hamburger meat with onions. That's all it is. With a couple, maybe some spices. But that was like a sort of rite of passage thing. I think I think that's what's going on with durian. I think it's a sort of hair on your chest, macho thing.
1: <laughs> There's a certain category of food that just seemed like, oh, do the locals like this? Like, no, we just give it to dumb tourists and, set, and tell them it's cultural. It's like, go to Iceland and eat their fermented, buried in the sand shark. No locals eat that anymore, but they give it to tourists because they say it's a cultural thing. Durian, in my mind, is in the same category.
0: Now, you know me well. What do you think I did
1: with the raw meat? I'm sure you gave it a try. I ate it. Absolutely. I know you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Boba then asked her if she is Master Assassin Finnick Shand of the Mid Rim. So, a couple things we learned here. One is that we knew Finnick was well-known, right? Yeah. Because when the the Bozo in Chapter 5 of Mandalorian said, I'm going to go after this person, Mando said, you don't want to go after her. Mm-mm. That's Finnick. So Mando Mm-mm. knew who she was. It would track that Boba would know who she is. We also know that Finnick is of the mid-rim. Mid-rim mm-hmm. basically just means like she's not from Coruscant, she's not from the inner rim, and That's she's the not from the outer territories. rim territories either. You can think of this as sort of like um, space suburbs. suburbs. Exactly. Yeah. Like a little bit of sprawl.
1: She's from the space urban sprawl the, the second era of colonization kind of thing going out from the core. uh she's from the she's from buffalo she's from buffalo, <laughs> uh, sure yeah she th- this is now in the canon for our for a pod phoenix Jan is from buffalo
0: phoenix big bills fan phoenix uh phoenix <laughs> says i take it i'm worth more alive huh and he says you are she says i'll i'll pay double my bounty and he says i don't want money i i, th- I think that it's going to be shocking to her that he doesn't want money Not to us, though, because we see how Boba's operating and where he's at. Uh, She seems confused. She asks, who are you? I am Boba Fett. She immediately recognizes that name. Boba's dead. I was left for dead on the sands of Tatooine, like you. I was rescued by the Sand People. Says he took him in, treated him as one of their own. He tried to help them, and he says this. I got them massacred by a gang of speeder bikes. We talked about this last episode, right? How would he deal with this psychologically? We both thought he would have a lot of guilt about this, and that is exactly how they're writing this, that he he's reading this situation as I got them killed,
1: which, I mean, kind of did. And, and I, I appreciate, well, oh. I, do, I still don't think the the biker gangs actually did it, and Finnick herself gives us a hint of that in this conversation, but we'll get to that in a second. But I do like they made the guilt explicit. We talked about that being suggested from his characterization, yeah, from absolutely. his actions, but them yep. saying it explicitly, I felt it was important. One thing also to note here is that the appearance of Finnick here and the crossover with Mandalorian makes very clear that the show is saying that Boba spent five years, because I looked it up, five years with the Tuscan people. Yep. Which I would not have bet that until Finnick shows up now. It didn't feel like five years of time. Did it feel that way for you?
0: It did not. And, you know, when he says later, he says, you know, when he, I think he's, um, he says, all those years I was with gone him, yeah, or something. Babe. Um, when he said years, it jarred me because what I saw on screen seemed like six months, maybe.
1: I think that was probably like a bit, a bit of an error or a bit of a, I think they could have done that better to better convey the amount of time that was passing and how much he was changing, adjusting from it. Because it felt more like maybe six months, maybe a year kind of thing yeah, rather than did half me a decade.
0: Yeah, it did me too. And and I think, but I, you know, I, I will give the, the showrunners a little bit of credit here. What they're doing is pretty complicated as far as storytelling. Because they're weaving in a flashback to another story that's already been told with this other story that we all knew 30 years ago kind of weighing in the background. And it's all got to interconnect, right? So
1: I give them a pass here. I'm going to give them them points for going a difficult, complicated, ambitious route. I'm still going to call them out when I think they could have done it better.
0: Well, I mean, you're contractually obligated here. On of course, the yeah. You're not, you're not going to like get – look, folks, if you're if you're waiting for Spencer to get here and say, I liked the episode, I have no more to say, this is not the podcast for you. It <laughs> Couldn't ain't do happening. it. Couldn't do it. Nope. Fin- but I will give you some credit here with your theory that the Speeder Bike Gang probably didn't do it because the line of dialogue from Phoenix, she says, Speeder Bikes defeated Tuskens. That's highly unlikely. I don't think they put that in here unless there's something to that, unless it's- there's meat on that bone.
1: It, it, it. It, it strikes me as foreshadowing. I'd be surprised if that is a red herring.
0: I think it was the Pike Syndicate, and I think they blamed it on those mm-hmm. the speed bikes, speed bike gang. Uh, Boba tells her he wants her help uh, getting to his fire spray gunship. Okay, internet, uh, can, can the internet please listen for a second?
1: I'd yeah, like yeah, to talk to the yeah. internet. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. He says fire spray gunship because that's the type of ship that he has.
1: It's not. This the name is of the not
0: fight. a replacement name for Slave One. It is, this is like saying, you know, like you named your truck like Alexander, right? Alexander, your truck. Yeah. You named it, right? Weird name for a truck, but let's say you did. Uh,
1: I named my car Duncan. Okay, let's Duncan. do that. Duncan, yes.
0: right? Duncan is your name of your car, but when you're describing it to someone who doesn't know your car, you're likely to say my 88 Toyota Corolla, not <laughs> Duncan, right? Yes. It would be confusing. So that's <laughs> what I'm going to go here. for a
1: ride on Duncan would have so many connotations that would have to be unpacked. <laughs>
0: exactly. It would
1: confuse the hell out of it. So that's what
0: he's doing here. It's still named Slave One. He's not given up that name. It's yeah. just an explanation of the type of ship that he has because that's important information for Finnick to know. Hey, I'm getting a ship. It's not any ship. It's a fire spray gunship, meaning it's a big badass ship. It's important.
1: I was legitimately surprised how much the internet both got confused and was up in arms about that. I had no confusion whatsoever. Like, yeah, it is a fire spray class gun yes. ship. That is the category of ship that it is. At no point did I think he'd renamed it the fire spray.
0: No, but here's what I'm learning is that while Disney did scrap the expanded universe, it is very, very helpful to have read it because I I don't know if Firespray gunship is established in modern canon. It maybe is somewhere, but I know that in the, the book series on Boba Fett that that was specifically talked about. It was that type of ship. So like. It, it just it, helps to have that background, even though it's not necessarily canon right now. It helps you with the story because I think it was people who probably were never introduced to that. It's probably only ever watched the TV show and movies and they were just, they just taking on a face value. Oh, fire spray. Oh, well, it's not Slave 1 anymore.
1: I, I, I got you. I, you're very correct in that. because The moment he said a fire spray class gunship, it didn't even like, I, it didn't mark any interest in my mind because I went, yeah, that's what it is. I've read about that in the Legends universe. That is a fire spray class gunship. Its name is Slave 1. Yeah. So I think it
0: just helps you to have read it, even though it's not necessarily canon. So Phoenix says that Bib Fortuna has taken over rule of Jabba's palace. If you, Boba, want your shit back, why don't you just ask Boba? Because I might not like the answer. (laughs) I I love that. That's a funny line because he's basically saying, like, I don't I don't want to deal with a maybe or a no. I, I only deal in yeses right now. Uh, Boba does not get along with Bib Fortuna. We'll talk about that here in a second. I have a question for Apparently, you. Apparently, yeah. Yeah, that I, that was confusing to me. Boba says, without my armor, I'm less persuasive. Potential line of the episode. Let's <laughs> yeah, go I like ahead and nominate that. I really like that. For any Mando, any Mandalorian, without my armor, I'm less persuasive. That could have come right out of the lips of Din Djarin, right? Yeah, perfect. Um, Finnick, if I help you, my debt is paid. Boba said, if that is what you wish. Smash cut to them riding the bantha. Gotta say, Spencer. I want a bantha. Just you go on Bantha? out there. Yeah, I mean, I, it's got a birthday coming up this year, a couple months.
1: I would I, like a bantha. I got to ask then if you if you want me to you know in, spend time getting you a bantha. Do you want a full size bantha or you want a mm-hmm. baby bantha to grow up with you? Because if, if you get them young, they really bond with you to the point that it's almost a familial kind of connection. I think I want it big to
0: start with. I think I I think I want to be. Here's the thing I like about the bantha, right? Is that you can go seemingly. Almost infinite amount of they're, distance on those they're bad They're uber camels, but they don't seem hard to ride like horses are. I, yeah, you know, you Ride horses is not the easiest thing in the world to do long do long distances. They can they they can act up. Banthas, Star Wars universe. I've never seen a bantha act up.
1: No, banthas are perfectly loyal. They are perfectly docile. And they look like one hell of a comfy seat on top of that thing. That looks like just a fluffy pedestal to be up on.
0: Very easy to have two people on it. Not a problem at all. So then we get to night. So that tells us that they rode all day and they get to Jabba's palace. Finnick is looking at the guards through her rifle scope. Finnick says the ship is there. And they talk about how many guards are potentially there. But Boba says he's not sure. They're kind of in and out. They can't get a firm number. So Finnick pulls up a recording drone, basically. It's just a little little drone that flies around and records things,
1: basically. You know what it reminded me of? Remember that Star Wars uh, The New Hope? Remember that little remote that Luke is dueling with when he's doing his first try with the lightsaber? It look like that, yeah. It it looks like that, and it moves like that. It reminded me of that classical little remote.
0: So it does move that way, but functionally speaking, it's probably closer to the things that we saw land on Hoth.
1: Oh, the probe drone. look around?
0: Yeah. yeah, because that's a kind of a recording drone too that the Empire had just smattered out to basically every planet, well, everywhere.
1: Let me explain how this works. When a probe droid and a remote droid love each other very much and they get married, <laughs> they, they make get. this.
0: This thing probably wasn't cheap though. I mean, Finnick oh, no. is, is an asset for sure. Uh, so the recording drone goes in, spins around, gets a map of the place and comes back. We see a lot of Gamorreans at work I'm. I just am gonna wonder in my head if these are the Gaborians that Boba now that now work for Boba because he's Finnik. Finnick fights them. Yeah. So just I just wonder if that they have that history. It's also interesting that no one notices this flying drone just flying around inside. <laughs> big, big glowing red
1: lights on it too. It's not Yeah, a subtle it thing. just seems
0: to me like Bibbs not running a very tight ship. You know no, what I mean?
1: No, no. Um, per-
0: And that kind of tracks with what we heard about like the sort of socio political aspect of Bibbs' rule, where. It was explained to Boba, like he didn't really rule by muscle. He ruled by this collection of like three families and four territories that just kind of made it work.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, Boba goes up to the Bantha, he says, It's time, it's time to say goodbye, my friend. You Aww. served me well. Now go find other banthas, make baby banthas. <laughs> go. <laughs> you are free to roam the Dune Sea. Uh,
1: Boba loves his creatures. This is this this was a heartwarming moment for me. Would you have preferred North if he'd North said, go, go to the triangle of North Carolina, go, yes. go to a certain house, Absolutely.
0: go to Durham, North Carolina, so that we <laughs> can
1: ride you. Yeah. I don't know. He just loves his animals.
0: You can see, yeah, you know, it's nice. I think it's a really, look, it's good storytelling, right? Because when a when you see a character connect with animals, then we all, it signals to all of us that that's a good person, right? And, it's, a, it's a storytelling, classic storytelling. When the bully kicks the dog, you know, to hate the bully, right? Yeah. And, it, and it, the flip side of that is also true.
1: And knowing what we know about Banthas from the from the Legends lore, Banthas are so loyal to the point that there's even rumors that they commit suicide when their Tuscan riders are killed. So this is a this is a very close relationship the two of them have built that's now ending right now. So yeah, it was so it was an emotional little scene.
0: We establish a lot of headcanon on this, uh, but this is gonna be called Podcast Canon. I'm opening a new Pandora's box here. <laughs>
1: understood, yes. Yeah. Buffalo This we is po- we Okay, there.
0: this Bantha, this Bantha goes and takes five. And as soon as Boba takes over Jabba's palace, goes right back, and he's now in service of Boba again. That's Podcast Canada. This are, are you su- came back and now works with Boba again.
1: Are you suggesting that him and the Rancor have the best of cuddles at night together? Oh, yeah. Well, I don't know. The Rancor might
0: eat that bantha. I don't think, you <laughs> want- I think the
1: Rancor <laughs> might eat the bantha. I don't know if that's a good idea.
0: Finnick asks if he should maybe wait until we actually get the ship before you do that. And he goes, why? Either way. Look, I'm either going to get my ship or I'm going to die. That's the only two options here.
1: This felt very much like Hernan Cortez burning his ships. It's like, no, no, no. I need the motivation. I have no fallback yeah. plan anymore. This is happening.
0: Yeah, I think that's part of what it was. Uh, also, he probably just didn't want the Bantha to be miserable just sitting there for God knows how long. He really wanted it to, like, he, you know, it just seems like creatures. Finnick asks what's next for him, and Boba says, I'm going to go get my armor back. And kill quote that bloated pig who double crossed me. You're confused. I'm confused. Where when when did this happen? What happened with Boba and Bib Fortuna?
1: Nothing. When when has anything happened? No we- idea. I've never seen anything before or read anything before to suggest they had anything resembling a hostile relationship. I mean, Bubba was hanging around Jabba's palace before he then got docked in the Sarlacc pit. We never saw any degree of tension there, and then he, since then he's had no degree of contact. The closest thing I can think of an explanation we've gotten within the show is that the Speeder Bike gangs he thinks in some way may be affiliated with Bib Fortuna. Maybe because we saw a fair amount of Clotunians that seemed to be there as well, so oh, maybe. Okay. Ma- yeah. but if so that connection is not well set up i, I don't okay, really know what, what he's talking saying. about here
0: yeah because i i just thought it was something I, I pulled back to return of the jedi days that's what i was i was going that's what back I was thinking. there i couldn't think i wasn't of anything thinking back. about the canon of the show um yeah maybe, maybe that's it i don't know it was kind of a confusing line to me um if anybody knows exactly what like if, if we're just missing something obvious Oops. then go to MangumTalks.com, let us know or check us out on twitter at MangumTalks and let us know if, if we're missing something obvious if it's just your theory we'd love to hear that too but I'm really interested if we're missing something like really obvious in there, the canon.
1: There might be something in the new canon that we just haven't read. It's possible. Yeah,
0: could be. Um, Fennec says, um, uh, you want to head a Gorta, Gatra. What, what is this phrase, Gatra? Uh,
1: apparently that's the local term for mafia, I guess. You you basically okay. want to head a family.
0: Family, yeah. You want to head a Gatra. Fennec says, you're a hunter. And he says, look, I'm sick of working for idiots that are going to eventually get me killed. Potential line of the episode here. The Tuscans took me in. I was ready to leave hunting behind. Finnick, people like us don't get to decide when they're finished. Mm. Hmm. Finnick gets the drone back, and it gets her a pretty solid map of the place. And what they see uh, is that there are some some guards there, but a manageable amount of guards. So they make their move. Finnick breaks into the metal bars. So baller. Just baller with the the little... (laughs) Knock the metal bars out. That is so cool. Go ahead.
1: I was going to offer advice to every evil overlord out there in the galaxy. Oh, yeah, please do. Please, please guard your sewer chute. It's just such a, fun, it's such a common method of attack in these in these fantasy series.
0: Okay, so question for you. Is that really a sewer chute? Because it goes, it's, it's upsloped out of the palace. It seemed to me like a vent from the kitchen.
1: Because the they probably nice cook to,
0: with charcoals and stuff.
1: It seemed to, be, seemed to be more along the lines of like a trash chute coming out of the kitchen. Like that, that was what they were disposing of things in. But it, it's at least ambiguous.
0: It looked at a little different. You know, you would that, that would need to be sloped down so that it could all just fall out. But I don't know. Um, they get in and it looks like a kitchen where they're at. And the droids uh, talk back and forth about some sound they maybe heard, maybe didn't. Hey, call the, call the rat droid. There's a rat droid now.
1: So <laughs> Which is adorable.
0: The um, <laughs> they get in and it looks like... Um, uh, Boba knocks the first droid out. The second starts swinging a lot of knives. That, that was I very, mean, grie- it looks exactly like general. It was Grievous. grievous. Right? It looks exactly like general grievous. I think that was definitely a callback to the and, earlier films. And, and we and know and Dave Filoni was a real big part of Boba Fett, the creating of the book of Boba Fett. So yeah. homage. Uh Finn, it goes up behind the back of the thing and just cuts its head off, which I also think is kind of like a little tongue in cheeky about how you could have dealt with general grievous. <laughs> <laughs> Why didn't somebody <laughs> just cut this idiot's head off? Like, uh, cause um, it wouldn't you know, have
1: looked as cool, apparently.
0: They can move things with their mind. What, couldn't they just fling something at its neck? Uh, uh, th-
1: That's a recurring problem I've got with a lot of the prequels. They don't use the Force anywhere as much as they should.
0: <laughs> well, the question is, right, like Luke, when he goes to save Baby Yoda and, and all of our Mandalorian adventures, he can literally, with his hand...
1: Tight his hand drone. up
0: and crunch droids. Why didn't anyone do? Why didn't Mace Windu do this? General Grievous. I, it, I,
1: I'm confused. It, it is purely just in, inconsistent. That's all it is. That
0: was not that was not a strong point of chapter or episode two. But episode two is still a good movie. Um, finnick goes up. Uh, she cuts the head off. Like I said, Boba notes that no one sounded the alarm, so it looks like hey, we're off to the hangar. Let's go. Very small, very cute droid that is probably in production right now. I'm sure there are bobbleheads of this thing being made. It's got the cute ears. Uh, it's the rat killer droid. Do
1: you ever look at something that's introduced in a Star Wars film or Star Wars medium, and you look at that and go, that was put in here for the purpose of making toys. That yeah. is the reason that thing exists. Like, the yes. po- what was it in, the, uh, in uh, the Last Jedi? Porgs? The little rabbit ear squawking yeah. thing? Yeah. You looked at that for a second and went, they're making stuffed plushies of that right now.
0: Yeah, it, it, it all stems, it's all all f- from the Ewok tree. Oh, right. God, it's all yeah. the family of the, it's all in the same vein as that. Some of them work better than others for God. me. This one I thought was fine. Um, Boba finally catches this droid, and the droid, very funny, just shuts himself off. like he- <laughs>
1: Smartest, th- smartest creation, the smartest thing in the entire Star Wars universe. The fact that it's Jesus so goes, funny to me that you're nope. having this reaction.
0: Because this is what I was about to say before you said that. I was about to say this is Spencer in droid form. Like, oh yeah! If, if it gets too heated, Spencer will be like, "Man, nope, I think I'm done. No,pe not gonna not gonna sit here and argue with you." <laughs> is so accurate.
1: It's a, that, 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 if I'm being held aloft by Boba Fett, who's about oh, I just saw murder the other two in this room. My options are look it. Yeah, I am going to sleep now and seeing what happens when I wake up. Which it seems like Boba turns them on
0: later. Yeah, he um, shows up later. It's cool. Yeah, they take off to go get the ship, and bang, we see it. There it is. Slave, Slave one. 1. Spencer, question for you. This is yeah. just a OG original question. People fighting in comic book stores about this 30 years ago. Slave 1 cooler than Millennium Falcon, yes or no? Because I'm saying yes, and I know that might be heresy, but it's a cooler ship.
1: Uh, here, here's the thing. Purely as a ship... Yes, it is cool with the Millennium Falcon. For the importance and the effect it has upon me, the Millennium Falcon's just gonna win just because it's so goddamn iconic. But sure. purely as a vessel by means of travel and shooting things, it is hard to beat Slave One. That is an impressive looking ship. And it looks so cool in those last
0: couple episodes of season two of Mandalorian how it would like dip up and down. And we saw some oh, of yeah. that this episode too. Really awesome music plays in the background. I wanna say I've I've kind of crapped on the music in the first couple uh chapters of this Book was of the up this was, a, this was a step up. The music was much better this episode. They run into some Gamorians on the way to the ship. Um, good work. Not bad yourself. They kind of do it in the little action movie yeah. dialogue back and forth. Yeah, it doesn't necessarily work for me. In comes some guards. This time it looks like some of the folks from the speeder gang. Finnick covers Boba as Boba goes to the ship. Finnick is kicking some serious ass in the sequence. I will oh, yeah. say at one point she does a... a, a we've talked about this. I, I got a theory. I, and the theory continues to be borne out, which is... Someone involved in the production of Mandalorian and now Book of Boba Fett is a big wrestling fan because at one point Finnick does a modified rana where she jumps up and mm-hmm. she puts she does. her arm around the head of the guy and flips her body and with her momentum flips the guy off the, the ramp of Slave 1, which was a very fucking cool move.
1: I, I, again, I got to credit the actress because it seems like these guys are doing their own stunts for a lot of these scenes. That was an impressive damn move executed right there.
0: It was awesome. Yeah, it was really cool. Uh, Finnick hops on the ship and they're leaving and a Gamorian runs at them. Boba tells uh, Finnick he needs to get the gate open, but he can't see anything. Looks like he's working in really tight quarters here. Uh, yeah. She's giving him some shit about his flying, but i I kind of with Boba here. It doesn't look like he's got much to work with.
1: I, when, when they like mapped the terrain of where this ship was, and I was looking at the size of the door. I was even thinking at the time, it's like, they're going to get that thing out of that door? That doesn't seem like it fits. It's a really tight space this thing is stuffed into.
0: Yeah, it really is. And he starts knocking some shit around, trying to get out. Boba tells her the guns are jammed. Finnick does the, the wrestling move. And then she, bang, she gets the gates open. Woo! Slave One takes off, and we see a great, great, beautiful shot. I would love a screen print of this. Yes, of in the night sky, the Tatooine night sky, moonlit night sky. Slave One leaving Jabba's palace, which you know connects beautiful. us to Return of the Jedi when, Bo, you know, he flew You know, Boba flew into Jabba's palace with Han Solo on board. Oh yeah! So what a great connection to the original movies. So that, really that, that.
1: that was a beautiful shot, an important shot.
0: Uh, she tells him, "Next time we stick to the plan." Boba says, "Next time." Cause, what what yeah.
1: plan did she mean here exactly?
0: I'm confused by that. I'm confused by everything. Like she, They didn't write Fennec well this episode. Um, because mm. there's a couple really cringy lines, and then this didn't make any sense. What What did Boba do that was not to plan? I'm confused. <laughs>
1: he did exactly what she told him to do, it, it, seemingly at every stage.
0: She asked how the ship is. He says what? it's good, a little wait, rusty.
1: Wait, wait. She did say where they were going to sneak in and avoid the guards. Maybe that's what she means that she just didn't want that much of a firefight to happen. But that's not like Boba did anything wrong.
0: I don't know. I don't I feel like he was trying to do that, but I think that yeah. the, they just got found out. It's like any other action movie sequence. Uh, yeah. she asked how the ship is. He said it's a little rusty. She proposes some mechanic in Mos Eisley and uh, which by the way we know a really <laughs> great mechanic her. in Mos Eisley uh, who really loves cute small children. She's yeah. the best.
1: If only they uh, brought that. Says, if only they brought that cute droid with her. She would have loved that little cute droid too.
0: Yeah, and she. By the way, she's got some droids that will work on your on your ship too. Discounted rate if you let the droids work on the.
1: ship. Absolutely, yeah.
0: Boba says he'll do the maintenance himself. There's an advantage to people thinking you're dead. That is a very great line and very true. Uh, a little Tom Sawyer situation. Boba's gonna go to his own funeral. <laughs> Boba tells her uh, her debt is paid. Ask her where she'd like to be dropped. She's. You know what Finnick's going to do right here? This is the Star Wars swipe right. She's swiping right. She's going to stick with Boba. She's going to stay with him. He says, I got some scores to settle. And she says, I'll go along for the ride.
1: And fans have been spending a hell of a lot of time unpacking this. Friends of ours have been spending a hell of a lot of time unpacking this. What do you think is motivating her decision right here? There's no clear answer, but I'm curious your thoughts.
0: So, so broke. (laughs) Um... Yeah, she doesn't have any means that we know of right now. She probably could get them, but she doesn't on her right Fun's now. Fun's off world kind of thing. Yeah. Um, we know that she's being tracked by bounty hunters everywhere. Um, she's wanted. And I think she really does like Boba. Like I, and I, you can say if maybe it's romantic or not. I don't know. That, that to me is less important. What's important is that I think that she's just drawn to the guy because unlike what you and our other podcasters, Jamie, have said, sullied the man's good name, Boba's a great leader. And he, people flock to his banner. He's the he's the John Snow of this story. People flock to him. He's a natural. With, I'm
1: expecting a similar result.
0: Um. Yeah. I think he's. Uh. I think. I think. I just think she's drawn to him. I don't know. What do you think? I, I
1: think it's. I think there's a certain degree of being, seeing potential here. I think she, though she mocked his idea of setting up his own crime family. I think she sees that. Does as she really having, mock it or question it? I think she questioned it and there was a certain element of sarcasm. Maybe not okay. pers- maybe not going as far as mocking, but at least kind of, really, you want to do that? Yeah, um, okay,
0: you're right. There was a little sarcasm there.
1: Um, and I think the, she's really saying that, hey, what else am I doing right now? As you said, there's a hostile galaxy out there. I'm being hunted to a certain degree. And this guy wants to create a crime family right now, which I never even pondered that as an option. This may be a good investment of nothing else.
0: I mean, it does kind of feel like moving into management, right? It just <laughs> kind of feels so, yeah. like moving up, and you're like, hey, maybe We're, maybe my maybe my work life balance can be a little better.
1: Miss Sean, would you like to be an independent contractor forever, or how do you feel about being the VP of marketing of our new organization?
0: Yeah, I gotta think I'm gonna take door number two. Yeah, uh, they see they have. Uh, then we see they're flying back to the Sarlacc pit, and we see. Um, Actually, before that, we cut to the speeder bike gang, and they are I flying like through the sands of Tatooine. And what a beautiful shot! They could have. This is the thing. They could have cheaped out on this scene. It could have been fast. It could mm-hmm. have got because I mean, the the plot part of it is over like that. Basically, yeah. Boba uses ship to kill speeder bike gang, but the explosions, the ships, like you, you see bodies that flying. the yeah, because you see that the body and the speeder bikes are still in motion when they get hit because they yeah. kind of fly up and and as they hit. Very very cool scene. I liked it a lot. And if you wait, if you watch the credits at the end, you know how they always do um, like artist shots where they've they've blocked out what they're trying to shoot. This is one yeah. of them. So it was clear yeah, it that was. like they really were going to take their time on this scene.
1: I, I mean, from both a filmmaking standpoint, it's gorgeous and it's well played out and it's it's appropriately it has an appropriate feel and tension to it. It's even the look on Boba's face as he's swooping over them, doing this thing. Is he's straight up murdering these guys? And that's an element I also like, too. This is brutal. This is murder. He's killing probably like two, three dozen people right now. And he's doing it coldly. And that is the Boba Fett I remember from the Legends universe. And I like that kind of homage to it, if nothing else.
0: Question for you. Was Boba being a little racist here? Do we? Does he know for sure these are the exact guys? Or is it like, hey, it's the same species
1: on speeder bikes. I'm fucking killing them. The implication is that it's the same guys. But it would be funny if it was just, uh, there's some clitoonians on be, bikes. Could just be another gang
0: who are like, what the fuck? We haven't done anything wrong. <laughs>
1: just get blown out of the sky. Calling all cars, be on the lookout for a black guy between the heights of five foot and eight feet tall. That kind of thing. And <laughs> now everybody's getting
0: shot uh yeah i kind of kind of feels like maybe that could that could be the case but no you're you i think i think it is a callback to the boba that we knew from previous canon which is this motherfucker will still kill you like yeah. don't don't without hesitating um then we see they flowing back to the sarlacc pit. we see the wreckage of the barge ah, get, ah nostalgic moment of the episode yeah. java's barge uh boba gets the ship very close some would say too close says the sarlacc pit is where i was trapped all those years ago. That's the line that cued me in that he was with the Tuskins for years, and I did exactly that. Yeah, that, that's the sound I made. <laughs> what? Yeah, like years. Anyway, they put but they put it in the dialogue to tell us. So they, they, whatever. they put
1: it in, and Finnick is here, and the Mandalorians five years after Return of the Jedi. Okay, we're, we're getting them. Do you think them. now they're?
0: Do you think now they're like regretting that they made Mandalorian quote five years after? Because like, there's nothing in the Mandalorian story that has to be five I, years after.
1: I feel the more that they write in Star Wars canon, the more they regret the fact they even have a timeline. Because a lot of it just feels a lot more comp- either compressed or extended out than they actually wanted to be in retrospect.
0: Boba seems to think he's going to find his armor in the Sarlacc pit. So he doesn't even remember the jaw was taking the armor off of him. Yeah. He was completely out of it. He doesn't, he doesn't remember any of this. Finnick suggests that it would have dissolved. Boba says, not Beskar. Beskar. So I'm guessing, here's a a thought I have. Here's a little theory time with Lee. That because the Beskar will not dissolve, potentially having the Beskar armor on saved his life when he went in the Sarlacc pit.
1: Could be. I think Finnick even directly says that, is that it served its purpose. It kept you alive among the acid. It's like, okay, yeah, it certainly did that. I think we've... We, it appears that it was much more effective than the stormtrooper armor that we also saw in there in terms of keeping Bobo alive. I
0: don't think, well, we know stormtrooper armor is like nothing. That's it, plastic.
1: It's plasteel and its objective is to keep them alive, not necessarily block bolts. It's like modern body armor. It keeps the person alive. They're still going to be hurt afterwards.
0: I don't think it keeps them alive very well. Uh, he flies down into it. Can't see a darn thing. Man, needs some better headlights on slave point. Maybe that's part of the maintenance he's going to do on it. Get some really cool cool shots of the inside of the surlake pit. Um, just, thir- you know, 12-year-old me would be all going oh, yeah. nuts seeing what? the inside
1: of the Sarlacc and, pit. And I was really curious, and they eventually answered this question, okay, are they going with original Return of the Jedi Sarlacc, or are they going special edition Sarlacc? Because if you remember, yeah. it has a very different center structure in the Sarlacc. And I, I was thinking they were going original Return of the Jedi Sarlacc before. It's just like a pitcher plant pit. And yeah. then suddenly the giant mouth thing comes out. Which yeah, I, special yeah, edition. I wasn't actually as fond of that edition. In the, uh, that edition in the special edition.
0: Yeah, well, this is a microcosm of what's happening in the Star Wars universe. You're you're wishing they would scrap some of the more the newer stuff from Canon, and they're not going to no. do it.
1: They're no, no we got two guys that love all, love all of it. They love
0: all the new shit that they're all. It's no, all coming yeah, in. Yep. That's the Sarlacc, anyway. The little head pops up and attacks the ship. Yeah. Um, eventually, Finnick drops a charger into the pit. I love those little seismic, <laughs> little seismic charge goes, goes seismic right in. Charge. So cool. Um, but. Awful, but worst line of the episode. Fire in the hole, Spencer. Uh, yeah, Spencer. Uh, 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 Come on, uh, you're better I, than that, Star Wars.
1: I, I felt like in some ways that I appreciated this was a more dialogue-heavy episode, and it did lead to some good lines. I think, though, it also kind of revealed that when it comes to the overall writing of the show, uh, this show—it's it, the dialogue is functional. Mandalorian dialogue still wasn't like succession level, but it was honestly good. It had some good lines and had scenes that felt very much into the characters. A lot of the dialogue in this show just feels like, well, that's the thing they need to say to move on to the next scene kind of thing.
0: And- I honestly think it's, it's riding on par with A New Hope. Because I feel like you, you know, you are oh, hey, sort of hey,
1: attacking me, sir, but go on.
0: Well, I mean, because the dialogue wasn't super great in a new hope. Like it, that's not what drove that movie. It was the world creation storytelling. It's the, like the actual people talking to people. Isn't like great. Like maybe, maybe it's a little worse than that, but like, I feel like there's a spectrum. Right. And at the, the top of the, toward the top of it is clone wars, Mandalorian. And toward the bottom of it is probably one of the prequel movies or maybe the sequel movies. Right. This is somewhere in the middle. Okay. Um, Boba says but all that being said I love the next line because Boba says next time don't touch my buttons which
1: he made a little joke it, it, a it little was joke, a fu- funny joke but I was, I was, I was kind of surprised it was Finnick that ultimately does the seismic charge Boba's just kind of staring at the Sarlacc as it's trying to eat them I, I know he's driving the ship there's only so much he can do but it kind of would have I almost would have appreciated if it was Boba's idea to press the seismic charge given that it's his fucking ship how does Finnick even know that thing is there
0: uh, well because she probably knows this type of ship you know, this is, this is Possible, a standard maybe. type of ship. Yeah, I think that's the, the reference I there.
1: I, I did, I'd fight you on whether the seismic charges are necessarily standard to that kind of ship. It felt like an addition that Django Fit added to the thing.
0: Maybe, or maybe she just started pressing. Maybe you, you know, you don't you don't play Madden, but um, in when you're playing Madden, <laughs> I'm sure there's a huge Venn diagram of people listening to our podcast who play Madden. Okay, when you're on. about to get tackled, there's a there's a move that everyone does naturally, which is mash button. Press it.
1: It's the it, it's my style. You're about to of get play- sacked. Me playing like Street Fighter or, you know, Soul Calibur or Mortal Kombat. Just press all the buttons until a combination happens.
0: I think that's what she did. I think she just mashed buttons. Um, And then they make camp, sit down for a drink. Uh, She asks, are you serious about forming your own house? Boba asks her how many times she's been hired to do a job that's avoidable. If someone would just have taken the time to think. Boba, I'm tired of our kind dying because of the idiocy of others. It's time we took our shot. Finnick, we Boba. Yeah. If I'm going to start a house and he brains and muscle, you've got both. Also not bad on the eyes. Finnick says it's tempted, but she's an independent contractor. So here's a little bit headcanon for me. John Favreau really reads his Hollywood contracts. That's right. <laughs> he understands the distinction between independent contractor and employee. Uh, Boba says he'll offer her something. No client ever has loyalty. I will cut you in on the success and pledge my life to protect yours. I made the joke with my wife that maybe they're getting married here. Pledge my life. It's a little intense. Mm. Finnick, uh, living with the Tuscans has made you soft Boba potential line of the episode. No, it's made me strong. You can only go so far without a tribe. I do like that line a lot.
1: It was a good line, and it seems to be where they're going with Boba. They're basically saying that he spent five years with these people. He is a new, changed, reformed Boba from everything else you've seen previously. And that's why we're portraying him as a more clear of conscience protagonist than otherwise you would expect of Boba Fett. And whether you're okay with that plot decision or not, that is where they're going with this. Yeah, and I am.
0: Uh, I'm, I, at this point, I'm bought in on it. Uh, then we see a smash cut to Boba taking the throne, and voila! Through the art of storytelling, our timelines have connected. We are There back. we go. I love it. Boba gets out of the back to tanking the droid says, Congratulations, Master Fett. You are completely healed. So there's our answer, that he is just getting all <gasps> the acid burns and stuff ah, from fine. his skin. That's what he was doing. Whatever. Finnick asks about the scars on the inside. Boba says those take longer. Indeed, they do. And sometimes... You need counseling and professional help. And I would like to say that if you need that, you should go seek it and you should not feel any shame or frustration or anything about seeking it. Um, and if you want more of my thoughts on this, you can listen to our podcast called The Lasso Lowdown, where uh, through a review of <laughs> Ted Lasso, I am a about You to convince me to go to therapy. Yeah, I spend, I spend 20 episodes trying to convince Spencer to go to therapy. Uh, Boba asked if he's gotten anything from the mayor's major domo. They got him. They took the guy. Yeah, he fell into a fruit truck. They took truck. this fucker. I didn't think they were going to take him captive. That was a, That's a bold move. Um, Boba asks if he's cooperating. Finnick says, he's singing like a yuzzle, but still no signs of the mayor. I don't know what that reference is to. Boba goes to get his armor. She tells him to relax. The mods are combing the street. Mods. Now we, now we just have that phrase in the Star yeah, Wars. It's, the mods.
1: Part, it's part of the lore now, I guess. Ooh boy. I
0: man, there's the joy in your voice as you say that. That's not there. Uh, don't. Uh. <laughs> um when uh they don't know when if the is gonna show up, but when he does, they'll know. Boba says he needs to show his face in town. Finnick pushes back, says war's coming any day. Boba, power hates a vacuum. Again. this is the type of leader Boba wants to be. He's boots on the ground. He's going to be right there in front of you with a gun. He'll punch you in the face. If he has to, you know, on one of our previous podcasts, we had a third co co-host named Jamie who came on and he made the comparison. He said, well, Boba wants to be a sheriff. And he said it very dismissively. Mm -hmm. I actually don't think that's that far off. And it's kind of positive. I mean, yeah, he does kind of want to be that he wants to keep order in the place that he's ruling and he wants to be able to show muscle himself if he has to. Like, I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm going back and forth about whether he wants to be a sheriff or an enlightened monarch. About whether he wants to rule the roost to make it safer, or whether he just wants to be part of the system and make it safer in the process. I'm kind of still leaning towards the idea that he wants to be in charge, but make it a better place as a result. But we'll see how that plays out.
0: He's Timothy Olympiad from Deadwood. That's what he is. That's the kind of leader he's going
1: to be. I... I, I... I was still hoping, hoping that he would be going for a different character in Deadwood, but it hasn't, it hasn't, hasn't come to be. Al Swearingen. <laughs> I was hoping for Al. I was really hoping <laughs> the for Al. The, Boba Fett one is One of the Al best cinematic Fitzgerald.
0: characters of all time. If you haven't seen Deadwood, watch it. Al Swearingen, one of the best characters of all time. Then they go to Garza's place. I'm going to say, of all the new characters that have been introduced in the book of Boba Fett, the one that I would hire and pay my own money to is Garza. Professional. <laughs> for reasons. She is a professional, man. Go, uh, here's, uh, here's what happens. Okay. Uh, uh, do you have something?
1: I just want to mention the actress who plays her is Jennifer Beals. Would you have expected that she's 58 years old?
0: I knew she was older. I would not expect 58. No, I would have said late 40s.
1: Looking great for her age.
0: Does not look bad. Um, crass, Black Chrysanthemum is angry drinking. If you've not spent a lot of time in bars, there's a particular look that people have when they're drinking. It's a real problem. I've seen this look many times. It's the staring at people who have who you're not in conversation with. You're just staring and then chugging and not caring that the drink is only partially hitting your mouth. Yeah, this is a problem. Th-
1: there is a look of there's a certain category of people that go to bars just to start fights, and there is a look on their face before it's about to happen, and yeah. that is the look on this guy's face.
0: I, I just had like good visceral flashbacks. I was like, oh my god, I've seen people like this before. Uh, then he gets up, he walks over to them. Uh, well. Kersantin is watching Trandoshan's Gamble. Yeah, having uh, a great he, day. Great day. Not hurting anybody. No, you, um,
1: you, think, you think this is like a work party kind of thing? Like they said a really great sale and they invited some friends out. Or maybe this is like, you know, celebrating a family kind of thing. Clearly, just wonderful guys having a pleasant night out. And Seems then, like they're hitting
0: it big, too. They are doing yeah. some winning at the tables. Um, not for long, though, because Kersantin gets up, walks over to them picks one up, throws one, hits another, punches him. He's just beating the hell out of these trans Boba walks in and gives a very funny quizzical look <laughs> as to what huh? Kersantin is doing. Like, a, yep. Wh- what is this? Then Kersantin grabs one of the trans picks him up. Garza walks over and says, I think you have made your point. Garza then inflates his ego a little bit, strokes it a little bit, says he is something to behold when he fought in the pit. I mean, people came, thousands of people came from all around to watch you in the fighting pit, but this is not the fighting pit and the same stuff that made you famous. There is actually kind of brutal and out of place here. So why don't you put down this unfortunate Trandoshan and I'll settle your bar tap.
1: How about that yeah, again? Yeah. Garza fucking professional. She's, she's doing, doing a great job. She's doing her best to protect her patrons from violent Wookiees. She's trying very hard right now. I don't think it's necessarily the perfect tact to go with this guy. I might have gone with a bit of a different strategy. but What would you have done? She seems to be coming with a much more generic strategy for like, this would work on anybody else other than a Wookiee assassin right now. It doesn't seem like it's going to work necessarily on the Wookiee assassin. It seems almost like this is going to be almost to a certain degree a bit demeaning to his honor that you're kind of talking to him in that light.
0: Yeah, maybe, but like the, she doesn't have she doesn't have that trapdoor of of muscle, right? She yeah. can't threaten him in any way, so it's got to be something placating to him internally. I think she did a great job here, but we all <laughs> know Wookies, and you're not gonna cha- you're not gonna change the mind of a Wookiee once they've already picked somebody up. So he rips the guy's arm off.
1: It finally happened. It finally we've had we've had this taunted we've had we've taunted about Wookies ripping arms off since the since the New Hope since we saw gambling in the New Hope, and it finally has occurred.
0: Yep, and. It it goes just as easy as was advertised. Yeah, uh, he can rip an arm shoot. off with zero problem. It was like whoop! It was like snapping a twig.
1: Do you think they're taking him to the mod to the mod clinic now? Uh, maybe. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> maybe shows he spends,
0: up at- maybe he spends a better part of a season in a back to tank. I don't know either one.
1: The transition shows oh. up. At- <laughs> <laughs> no, that's only for skin issues. We've established that. That's how only the is If for- you
0: need a new arm, god damn it, you go to young cyberpunky kids on the outskirts of town and you pay very minimal amounts of money for it.
1: Apparently that is canon now in the Star Wars universe. That is how medical
0: treatment works. Uh Boba did does give her a uh, does give Garza a compliment and says, yes. look, it was worth the shot. I see what you were trying to do. I, I love um, her
1: shrug too. It's like eh. What are you, you going
0: to do? I mean, this is a Tuesday at her joint. Like, I Absolutely. mean, look, you, you know, she's going to deal with this shit. Um, Garza says, hit it, Max. Woo! Hit it, yeah. Max. We and got the, the name. Drops. We knew it was Max Rebo. We, we knew did. it. But did we got they the name? had to tell it's Max Rebo. Yep. Boba approaches Kersantan on the street, says, it looks like he could use a job. What? Uh-huh. Um, Kersantan turns around and looks at him back at Jabba's palace. Boba has pulled together the heads of the three families. So we talked about this before uh, in the last episode. It's three families that govern four areas. It's a little confusing why they wrote it that way, but it's three different like alien species here yes. that are talking to Boba. Um, and Finnick is setting the stage. She's talking about Jabba's reign, how it ended. How Bib Fortuna took his place. It says that fin- Bib was a terrible leader. I don't think that comes to a shock to anyone on this podcast that Bib yeah, Fortuna yeah. was not a great leader. He was always kind of a bit of a idiot. Um, and they all tried to overthrow him at one point. Now, this is new to us, right? We didn't know that the, everybody in the, news, each yeah. one of the families had at some point tried to overthrow Bib Fortuna, but had failed. Thwarted by his guile and treachery. I'd love a novel to be written about that. That would be a fun novel <laughs> Only a written. matter of time. <laughs> um, it took this man, Boba Fett, to remove him. She points out that they have gotten rich under Jabba, and wha, they can again if they just listen to Boba Fett. Boba it's says effective. he may sit on the throne, but I have no design on any of your territories. says he's not going to ask for tribute or quarter and expects to give none either. That was kind of confusing to me that he didn't expect any sort of I, tribute from these people.
1: I, I don't know what the hell he's doing. Honestly, with that kind of call, that lends more into the sheriff kind of theory about what Boba's yeah. long-term plans are here. Except that man just single-handedly, in one stroke, eliminated all revenue potential from all of the former lieutenants and captains of Jabba the Hutt on Tatooine. Pretty much. Why? Why? Why he did doesn't you seem just to do be that? in the
0: money making business? I don't know. He doesn't seem to he seems to want to just like take care of the area. Like, yeah, sheriff.
1: It, it's almost. I don't know I don't know what to interpret out of her look, but after he says that, Finnick just kind of stares at him for a second. It's like, dude, I I'm kind of in this for the money to a certain degree and you just got rid of all the money. Why? I also don't
0: think this is like the ending state, right? I think I, that that's, there's I, a there's chance to massage that a little bit.
1: I kind of uh, interpreted what he was doing is like, tell them exactly what they want to hear. Now. Sure. Sure. I need, I need them to not be war's involved yeah. now.
0: Yeah. Because I mean, it's clear that what he wants to accomplish in this conversation is these people do not help the Pike syndicate when I fight. Yes. Them. That's all he wants to accomplish because he he says, Hey, why don't you join me? And I think it's a hollow ask, right? It's like it's in the contract negotiations where you always start like, hey, I want you to indemnify me completely and I don't want to indemnify you at all. And then yes. the person goes, OK, well, we're not going to do that. And then you, you find somewhere in the middle. That's kind of uh, what he's doing here. I,
1: I, ahead, I, I, I've had that jokingly referred to before as the firstborn child clause is that always start asking to get the, to have the firstborn child <laughs> yeah. named after you and then go from there to what you actually want, because it suddenly looks better by comparison. Yeah, but occasionally you run
0: into people who, like, know how to do this, like, for a living, who look at you like, can we just cut this shit? Like, these people <laughs> Absolutely,
1: don't. Absolutely, yes.
0: Yeah, these people don't seem to really be locked in. Like, they, they seem to be a bit slow, especially yes. in Trandoshans. And they finally go, well, we can't do that. And he goes, okay, well, how about this? How about you guys just don't help the pikes when I kick their ass? Can you do that for me? And they go, yeah. done. You got Done.
1: It. absolutely. Um,
0: but at one point, someone asked Boba, "Hey, why don't we just fucking kill you and take anything we want?" And the Rancor starts raising hell. And what we learn is that they set up the dinner table over the Rancor pit, which is fucking hilarious.
1: <laughs> I absolutely love that addition, and it suggests that there's a, there's a there are wh- there are wheels within wheels inside Boba that we should recognize. There is some depth, and there's some understanding of the trappings that I previously hadn't given him credit for, because that was cool. That was a great call and that was a great intimidation gesture which he just so casually plays off to. It's like, "Oh, my pretty, have a bone. Sorry about that. Let's continue."
0: Uh, yeah, but I do think it's like a little foreshadowing of how he's going to use the rancor differently than Jabba, right? Because Jabba used it as a like execute like almost like a gallows. Yeah, it, it but, was
1: entertainment practically. It was yeah, feeding Christians, Boba, to the I lions. think.
0: I think Boba's is going to establish his dominance by interacting with the rancor in front of you. If he goes yes. down and pets this thing in front of you, you're going to be like, whoa, Like that's going to that's gonna <laughs> scare you. Yeah.
1: Well, what he's going to fucking do is he's going to ride that damn thing into attacking the pikes, and it's going to be awesome.
0: Boba Fett riding to Rancor. I will absolutely update my Star Wars oh. action figure uh, collection, and I will buy that for I, sure. I,
1: I looked up something, by the way. Last episode, you, Boba said, I've ridden larger things before. Remember that? Yeah,
0: what the fuck was that? Yeah.
1: There's a reason I didn't know what that was from. That, my friend, was from the Star Wars fucking holiday special. What? It was either from that they or reference was
0: from... the holiday special. Was that almost the... seems criminal.
1: I'm suddenly questioning myself. It's either from the Star Wars holiday special or it's from a really ancient Boba Fett cartoon. That's the kind of thing we're talking about right here, of where that's being called back from, of where he has a brief moment of where he's riding a giant dinosaur. It was in cartoon form when I saw it. I'll have to double check where exactly it was from. But that is somehow in the canon, that Boba Fett riding a dinosaur.
0: Unbelievable. What a callback. I'll double check
1: that real quick right now while we're talking.
0: Does not hurt me. Does not hurt my Star Wars feelings. My my Star Wars ego that I did not know that one. Uh, Then we get a great line here, a potential line of the episode. Why speak of conflict when corporation can make us all rich? Um, Very, very red stater here. He's like, oh, guys, let's just make some money. Let's not fight. Boba says, um, it he proposes the Star, that they.
1: It, it was the Star Wars Holiday Special. Yeah, just, sorry, just checking.
0: Star Wars Holiday Special? That's what they're referencing. We,
1: we talked about this. These guys love everything Star Wars, whether it was dumb and horrible. They <gasps> love it. Wow,
0: that's wild that they would reference that. That is a that's a great deep cut. Thank you for that. Um, so Boba says, um, I will fight these battles alone. I will vanquish these interlopers who threaten our planet. There you go. That's more of the sort of like, mm-hmm. I'm here with you to protect you. I will make the streets safe again, Doggone it. I will kill this Al engine. I will stop him <laughs> from importing prostitutes. Tried. Yeah. And I will run this hardware store to the best of my abilities. Um, he says, if y'all just remain neutral when I fight the Pike Syndicate, they all say, cool um cut to the families leaving at night you know i really would have taken a speeder i don't think i would have walked why does everybody walk on this planet of all places even the poor mod mod kids have speeder bikes and and they're bright colors um yeah i don't know very strange um then boba um and finnick are on a balcony which i Mm -hmm. think is pretty cool and boba asked if or Finnick asked Boba if he trusts them. And Boba says, well, I trust them to work in their own self-interest. And that's really how he's going to operate, which I think is smart. That's, that's yeah. very smart. Um, He says, but what I'm short on is muscle. Spencer. Oh, my God. The leap oh, my God. Comes the ah! The goosebumps are coming because critics says says, credits can buy muscle. If you know where to look. ( Auntie唱) Yeah. And we get the Mandalorian theme, which signals to the audience that I think Finnick is thinking, hey, remember that guy that we just helped like a lot, like a whole lot? Like we helped save his kids life and shit. Why don't we ask that guy if he'll help us? I hear he's ruling Mandalore now. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe he is. It's very possible. I don't know. He's got the dark saber. He 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 is the rightful ruler of Mandalore uh, right now. I, 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 I think that he probably can bring some of the Mandalorian. Like so in the in Mandalorian when um when Boba goes to get or not Boba when when uh, Din Jinjarin goes to get the child in season one yes. after he dropped him off and he felt bad and he goes back to get him and he gets trapped and pinned down. Mandalorians come in to save him. I think hmm. that's the type of folks that Boba's is going to, or that Jinjarin's going to bring with him to help Boba. That's my theory there. But obviously they're signaling to us, we're going to get Jinjarin, Make- we're going to connect the stories. And I am so interested to see how they do this, because if, if Jinjarin does show up, and let's say he shows up with, um, I don't know, a bunch of Mandalorians, and he's on Mandalore doing stuff. How are they going to write season three of Mandalorian? Are they going to enter? Are we going to see the same scene? Like, or is it going to be after that? Like, I feel like there's a lot of different ways they can do the storytelling here, but Super, super locked into the idea that we're gonna get a connection of the two storylines.
1: It also very much tells us that Disney's kind of doing these cross doing these little side Star Wars shows, yeah. very similar to like their MCU expanded universe, of where they'll do what is a side show for more bit character, but then the main hero or one of the main characters will come into the show at some point to connect it to the other lore of the main flagship show. And so I would fully expect that Din Dinjarin is showing up in the next couple episodes on this show.
0: I think he will too. You, if you, you're asking Lee to write it, he shows up because he's a rightful ruler of Mandalore with a bunch of Mandalorians. They get pinned down. They get in trouble. They're about to die. And Luke and Baby Yoda show up and kill everybody. And then, <laughs> Oberfett rides out on a rancor and everybody's happy. Everybody goes home at the end of Episode 7. Thank you, Disney. Uh, tra- uh, but anyway, that's
1: the end tra- of the recap. Trademark that now. That is your script. No one can mess with that now. They need to pay your royalties if they're if they're copying it. Yeah, I think that I think that like the betting odds uh, that you're
0: gonna get Dinjar now are like minus 600. That's like bet yeah six dollars to win one. Like this point, it's very likely we're gonna get him. The likelihood we get Baby Yoda and Luke probably like plus
1: a thousand. Like it's not that likely. No, how about Zilch? But it's not that likely. The the only I would be very disappointed if Luke and Baby Yoda show up here and now because that is a reunion that will render the fan base in tears to see Dinjar and. Group back up again With Grogu Baby Yoda Yeah and he has gotta to Sell that scene. His
0: life is His life is threatened Like Baby Yoda has to Save him Like that's the balance Of all things right You know, you know what's um, gonna
1: happen You know what's gonna happen We're gonna have Flash cut to the future Of where Kylo Ren's About to kill Baby Yoda And Din Djarin just comes in And punches the shit out of him And just keeps punching That's 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 what we're gonna Get out of that scene
0: I just still think It's gonna be hilarious If they just end up Writing this thing That, that Kylo Kyler Wren just
1: killed Baby Yoda. Like, that would be so funny to me. I can't <laughs> picture them doing it. It is so much more popular than anything they did with, with, with the new sequel films.
0: I- or anything ever in Star Wars, basically. I mean, it's, it's so big. But anyway, that's the end of the recap, Spencer. I think we should jump into our segments. Not as Please. negative this week, so I feel like we don't have to necessarily start with our uh, nostalgic moment of the episode. Let's do best line of the episode, because I've got a couple here I'd like to nominate. I'll start with... I was left for dead on the dan- on the sands of Tatooine. Like you, I was rescued by the Sand People. They took me in, treated me as one of their own, I tried to help them. Instead, I got them massacred by a gang of speed bikers.
1: That was a good line. I'm I'm gonna do one from even though it was a little bit earlier than that. Just the way that Morrison says, "I am Boba Fett." That I am Boba pra- Fett. That guy must practice that line in the mirror, because it just, like, television reverberated from the power of his way of saying that.
0: You know, we were watching this episode, my wife turns to me, she goes, you know, I think he just likes to talk to people who don't know him so that he can say, uh, uh, I am Boba uh, uh, Fett. Because uh, uh, he says it twice in this episode, I think. He says it once to a droid, which is kind of weird. Um, I got one Boba without my armor and less persuasive. I think that's a really good line.
1: I very much like that one. Um, let's see here. The whole line about I'm tired of working for idiots and the Tuskens took me in, that was just a great line that really just kind of symbolized the different philosophies that, the, that Fennec and Boba Fett are bringing to this situation, of where she's still very much in the mindset that Boba was a few years back, of where very much mercenary, very much just practical living in the moment, and he's not there anymore, and he has a reason to not be there anymore. Whether I necessarily like they decided to go that route or not, different question, but it makes sense in the context they've given us for the different philosophy that he has.
0: Yeah, that's a great line and a great explanation. Uh, Finnick, people like us don't get to decide when they are finished.
1: And that's the perfect follow up kind of thing of where she's not in the same headspace that he is. And I'll be curious to see how much they emphasize that tension. Because that's something they've been really developing well that the two of them are working together and there's a certain loyalty between yeah. them, but they're not really on the same page when it comes to no. the moment.
0: No, no, never. Uh, the only time I ever saw them on the same page was we're going to save that little green baby. That was the only thing <laughs> yeah. that they seemed to understand. But, but seriously, that would seem to be the only time they understood what we're doing and why we're doing it.
1: I I, I was uh, re-watching some, just some like reactors do some very scenes back in both effects. I want, I want uh, uh, Mandalorian, because I just want to re- remember how much the fan base just went gaga about that show. And yeah. remember the scene of when those two stormtroopers just punched Baby Yoda in the face?
0: Yeah, I was so mad.
1: I, I had Ugh. forgotten not only the level of reaction from the reactors, but the fact that the internet started wanting to hunt those two poor SNL actors down for doing that.
0: Yeah, and it was it was like Jason Sudeikis and someone else who 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 were on it. Yeah,
1: it felt like an SNL scene, and it was an SNL <laughs> actors that were doing them. So yeah, sorry, that was an aside.
0: Yeah, well, it's just you know all of it, it. it is worth saying that all of this is sort of clouded by what are they gonna do with Baby Yoda? Because he's the most popular thing in Star Wars ever, basically. Um, here's one. There's an advantage to people thinking you're dead. I like that one yeah. a lot.
1: Uh, uh, power hates a vacuum. Uh, this guy has some like this guy read a, a you know. Uh, crime lord 101 a little bit more than i thought he did because he has some really like accurate lines about what the situation is
0: he did the lebron he read he read the godfather novel over a period of four years um (laughs) over the five years he was with the tuscans okay Uh, okay i'm i'm ready to i'm ready to call it are you do you have any
1: more i I got a few more but i want to hear which one you're gonna pick
0: okay here we go best line of the episode chapter four of book of boba fett is fennec living with the tuscans has made you soft boba no it's made me strong you can only get so far without a tribe.
1: Crystallizing the philosophical point that we were just talking about between these guys.
0: You can only get so far without a tribe. I, I, I just like
1: that. Like it's a, me, it's Lee,
0: walking around in the world. I, I draw a lot of value out of that. Great line.
1: It's, it's got truth to it.
0: Nostalgic women of the episode. You ready to do it? I'm ready, sir. Okay. Um, I think we have to nominate the Sarlacc pit. Everything about the Sarlacc pit, seeing the inside of it, even though it—you know we did get the little weird head thing, the hey, fact dude. that we got the deep inside the Sarlacc pit and, the, and Jabba's busted up barge in the background was pretty cool.
1: I, very much so. Uh, two little comments on that. A, what do you prefer in terms of the two images that we've gotten in the Star Wars lore about the Sarlacc pit? Do you like the little head thing, or do you prefer more just the pit with the teeth and the tentacles?
0: uh i i, I like the head thing because it that that's what made more sense to me as like a creature like live i didn't understand like it, it i didn't understand what the creature was before they had the head what it didn't make any sense to me
1: it, it, in my mind it's almost a, like difference do you prefer it as almost like a plant of where it's very much just like a pitcher plant that just exists out there and grabs things that goes by or is this an animal that is burrowed into the sand I kind of prefer the plant, but I can understand why people prefer the animal.
0: Yeah, I prefer the, the animal day. because then, then that would explain some of the motivations of like going up and grabbing things. And like, I don't know, it just it's easier to write that way, I think.
1: Is, is the implication, too, that they just killed off the Sarlacc? Or at least yes. this Sarlacc? It's like, yeah. I'm a little bit sad about that. It's because not the we see
0: only... the Sarlacc later, right? We saw We see it like in Mandalorian or something and it's dead. We, we've seen it, uh, it in it, some of the previous.
1: Um, and, yeah, and, he well, did kill it. And Boba Fett himself said that he killed one previously so it, it had been set up I'm a little bit sad about it but there are other Sarlacc out there in the universe this was not a one it's not a one one of its kind creature
0: no there's probably more on Tatooine even uh but we one thing question for you how did the Sarlacc breed how does that happen
1: I how does it make
0: pick- more it, is it is it like does it make babies without breeding is it one of those things
1: I always almost pictured it like spores kind of thing. It, like just, like sent out. And, like So you really like, like the idea lar- of being
0: a plant. Yeah. Well, I,
1: that can also just work like a larva kind of thing of where just larvae go out or travel through the sand. And eventually they find a comfortable spot and they slowly grow. Who can say? Right. Uh, no, uh, no, no, this early nostalgic moment for me, I like the little remote droid thing. As you said, it's got kind of elements of the, the remote that uh, Luke dueled with the lightsaber, a bit of a probe droid in it, but it, the fact that it's harkened back to both those kind of things, the nostalgic yeah. lore, I liked it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I'll tell you what my what my winner is, what my nostalgic moment of the episode is. Mm-hmm. Um, and you, I'd like to, to know yours. But for me, it's... It's insane to me. It's insane to me <laughs> that in a show that is connecting to Return of the Jedi, yes, one of my top seven favorite movies of all time, yes. connecting to this that came out 30 years ago, or 40 or whatever it was, they're connecting to that. And the thing that gives me the most nostalgic goosebumps is from The Mandalorian, which was like two years ago. Like that's, that, and that's just me, but that, that's, that's what got me the most excited.
1: That little leitmotif is just, it's so powerful and so immediately oh, just good. conjuring in our minds. It's like, in your record, eat your heart out in terms of just the effect that little musical reverberation can have. It's a great thing. I got a couple of the nostalgic moments if you, you'll give me a yeah, second. Yeah, fairly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, gotta give credit to Slave 1 man Slave 1 making his return oh, to the I, how did series he gotta mention Slave 1 a little bit more tech. I mentioned the Wookiee ripping the arm off I won't say that one again but yeah that one's there as well Boba sure, Fett just sure. straight up murdering two dozen people is in many ways nostalgic <laughs> for me because it harkens back to the legend lore you just want to, to see him
0: incinerate somebody Incinerations.
1: Again, I said I wanted him to be more Al <laughs> rather than Sheriff Bullock. That's what I wanted. They're not going sure. that route. I get it, but a real small one that just always tickles me. The 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 it, 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 I double checked. It wasn't a Gonk droid that Finnick shoots. The little it, the little uh, power droid that you shoot that makes a big explosion. It was actually a Plunk droid, which I do remember. Uh, the PLNK series power droid. The gonks and the plunks—I've always just enjoyed in terms of droids, just them wandering around, just repeating their name nonstop. I always found that cute growing up. <laughs> uh,
0: I love how deep dive you go with the with the actual droid, the type of droid. I appreciate that.
1: I do have two anti-nostalgic <sighs> moments of the episode, just to mention
0: though. Yeah, you 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 tease this at the beginning of the podcast.
1: Again, the the mod parlors and the voluntary cybernetics, I don't like it. I don't think it fits in the universe. And I don't think it's been previously very well established in the universe. So the fact that it's now just become an established thing is jarring to me. I might like it more going forward if it's better developed and more integrated into what I've seen before. But previously it seemed like it was pretty heavily discriminated against, even to the point of Obi-Wan calling Darth Vader more machine than man now, in a very negative kind of way.
0: I, I felt like that was more him talking about Anakin's journey, but you know, I, 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 I respectfully disagree, but not like a lot, like, I <laughs> like a, like a C minus disagree. I, I kind of like it.
1: Uh, and last one for me, realizing that Filoni and Fabro apparently liked the Star Wars holiday special to the that point that they would remember and making references to it is anti-nostalgia to me. The fact that that apparently has been reinserted in Disney canon is horrifying.
0: OK, so when this podcast eventually vaults to the top of all the Star Wars podcasts, above Star Wars theory, let's say, let's say we're above Star Wars theory.
1: Yeah.
0: And we get to interview John Favreau on this podcast. First question is about is that a, is that a reference to the Star Wars holiday special? And if I could very, ask him one question, I think that's going to be the question.
1: And just in the most harsh, disdainful kind of way possible, just commendation <laughs> in every word. Let me get this right. Yeah. <laughs> I need to understand way. right now. <laughs>
0: Okay, all right, let's do it, Spencer. Let's put our robes on. Let's descend down into the gladiatorial pit next to Black Kersantan and let's do thumbs up, thumbs down, thumbs sideways on is this to a par with a standard Mandalorian episode or not? I'm going to go first. It's thumb, th- thumb sideways for me.
1: Yeah.
0: It feels to me about like a 50%, like the median Mandalorian episode. It's not to the heights of Mandalorian, but it certainly isn't in the lower half, uh, which I would compare to like maybe episode three of Book of Boba Fett. I think it's a step up in quality. I give it a thumb sideways this week. What about you?
1: If if I, I'm judging this based on like a normal distribution kind of thing where most of our entries are effectively in the middle, I think it is in the range around the middle. It's in that 70% kind of center range. I, okay. I would give it again, the thumb sideways kind of thing. I thought it was solid. I thought it was entertaining. Yeah. I thought it carried its points well and set up what's going to be its tension going forward. Do I think the dialogue reaches the level of the Mandalorian? No, it does not. Fun- I, I, very, I very much don't. Do I think it is still perfectly functional? Yes. Do I like the relationship that's developing and the certain degree of tension and philosophical differences between our two main characters? I do. I think they're an effective duo. Me too. I'll, yeah. I'll be curious to see where they go with that, whether the, the uh, fellowship breaks apart by the end of this season or not. No. No, no. These two are getting married. Um... <laughs> no, they're not. I, okay. I'm going to say that one right now. I really don't want the two of them to be romantic. I I don't think they need to be. And the amount of people that are already shipping them is annoying.
0: Why would, but here's my question for you. Why wouldn't you like you, you, you and this person who's good looking, you're good looking. You run this place. You live in this palace. I just don't see why you wouldn't.
1: You get along. You're friends. Like, why wouldn't you do it? Like, I I don't know what would stop them. Point number one, their co-workers is part of an organization, and he's her boss. So you, sir, who have worked closely with HR should have some more concerns about this scenario. Though again, you, Though, again, you had no problem with all the Ted Lasso relationships, so this is clearly something that is not a concern to you
0: i'm not particularly consistent on this point but i, I don't view this as a normal sort of operation. there's no hr department in Jabba's palace i i'm pretty darn sure of that
1: there, uh well there, there we is an leave. hr droid there is a therapist droid there are just wings full of dro- we met a sous chef droid sir we have no idea what droids are in this Jabba's palace we saw what happened to bib fortuna after he took over that
0: sous chef droid is the first thing he bought
1: did you see how fat he got <laughs> okay that's a fair point actually yeah that was set up
0: he, I think that the only think I was connecting that Of course he had a bunch Of droids down there Baking food Pip Fortuna got fat on us Look Better episode I Absolutely. enjoyed it But I am that I, I feel like I am cranking up The ride of that roller coaster And we are about to get The exhilaration Of falling down When Jinjarin Comes back into the picture You know I talk about this In the podcast a lot Every time we do A review podcast I always watch the episodes Before you Why? Because I have more free time Than you And I'm also Usually more of a fanboy Than you I will watch the next episode before you, and if Jin Jarin is on it, you will know because you will get a series of random GIF like just just like tons of Mandalorian just the excited GIF. face. <laughs> you. <Century. laughs> <laughs> I promise I won't spoil exactly what happens, but you'll know how excited I am because I think the connecting of the two storylines is exactly what this show needs to inject a little life into it. So shout out to Disney for that. Okay, Spencer, any concluding thoughts before we wrap up?
1: No, I, I think this is a necessary setup episode, and so often setup episodes are just feel like they're just you know covering space or filling ground to get us from A yeah. to B to the important C. This had things happen, and they were interesting things, and it was well executed enough. So I gotta give I gotta give them credit. I'm better understanding the show, and I'm better coming to terms with some things that initially rubbed me wrong, and I'm very curious and excited for what's going to happen for our what last three episodes this is a seven last episode? three yeah we have yeah. seven
0: yeah seven for book of boba fett and then uh, i think the timeline is going to be the very next one after this will be obi-wan which you have t- said is dog shit you're not even going to watch but the next one will be <laughs> obi-wan i'm very excited about that
1: it's just the one i think they could mess up the most that's all i'm saying about it but spencer hates it uh
0: yeah all right well look i I always love doing a podcast with you when you're a little bit more positive about the show and you were this week and i have had a good time thank you for doing the podcast with me spencer and thanks everybody for listening here to mangum talk star wars if you enjoyed this podcast and it I don't think you got to this point in the podcast if you didn't enjoy it. I'm going to venture to guess you would have turned it off. Please rate and review us on whatever podcast platform you use. If it's Spotify, Apple Podcasts, whatever it is, that stuff really helps us, brings more listeners into the fold, and we can all have more fun together. As we watch The Book of Boba Fett, we'll be back with you next week for our review of Chapter 5. Thanks, everybody, and have a great week.